This is Jennifer Pepito with the Restoration Home Podcast. Today on the show, we're starting a new series on prayer. I'm so excited to be chatting with Emily Pepito about our rhythms of prayer. Thanks for joining me today, Emily. Thank you for having me on again. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to talk to you. You know, this is a podcast where we're talking about the rule of St. Benedict as applied to modern families and evangelical families and charismatic families and Catholic families and whoever believes that there needs to be more uh, structure in our lives for the sake of restoration and connection in families. And we are starting this series on prayer, which I'm really excited about because Prayer was such a core value for the Benedictines. One of their kind of mottos was ora et labora, which means pray and work. And I think it's really easy for women to get that out of order, to put work as the main thing. And then prayer is something we just tack on here and there. Definitely. And I also think sometimes we can separate out, um, like you have prayer, but prayer is also worship and adoration, which is also what work can be. And so I think sometimes if we change, like I know that we've talked before about how Ruth Bell Graham had, I think, a sign above her sink where it was like holy work being done here. So I think too, sometimes we we just separate, like the Bible says pray without ceasing. And so our our work can also be prayer like we can be there we can be like god like here i am make this work pleasing to you like show up right now in this moment while i'm while i'm doing this very mundane job and just let this let this work be a worship let this time be a time of just you know praying or soaking in your presence i think the concept of prayer needs to go from being this thing we do before dinner and this thing that we just do to talk to God on a sort of very almost a scheduled like nature to something where it is a constant communication throughout our day to a loving father who wants to not only hear from us but to also speak back oh I really love that um there's a book called practicing the presence of God by brother Lawrence and that was kind of the concept that he talked about I think he was an early monastic and he talked about how you know prayer was just like breath for him it was a part of his life and i i recognize the importance of living in that kind of constant communion with god like you know yesterday i was going through some inner turmoil about something and i just i was talking to god about it while i was looking for the nebulizer and while i was reorganizing some of the cupboards and you know as i walked through the house i was having a conversation with the Lord. And I, I really felt like he gave me um, a word. He, he spoke to me in a way that brought a lot of comfort to a situation that's stressful for me. And so I, I believe that prayer doesn't have to be just this once a day thing that we, you know, kneel by our beds and pray, but it can be a constant communication. But I think for some people, it does take starting some kind of a daily rhythm. Definitely. And I think, I think part of the beauty of the Benedictine monks or even the beauty when you walk into an old church, 
that has had thousands of years, like whatever sins may have been committed in some of these old churches, that what they have is thousands of years, um, often of a rhythm of constant prayer. And you can feel that when you walk into them, where you're like, here were people who disciplined themselves in the practice of prayer so much so that there is a there is a presence of God now in this place. And so definitely having having a rhythm, I think, is an incredible way to start and something that should never go by the wayside. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know, we were in a CC for Christmas one year and we went into this pilgrim chapel and there were churches all over Assisi because it's where St. Francis had lived. So there are churches everywhere, but we went into this one pilgrim chapel and it was almost like, it almost took your breath away when you walked into that place. They'd been praying there for a thousand years since the time of St. Francis. And there was just such a heavy presence of God when you walked in, you couldn't, I started crying immediately when I walked in because it was just so intense. And I think, you know, that, um, that faithfulness, that modeling of, you know, God and being with God is important. It's something, you know, meditating on his word, talking to him, listening to him. That's something that is clearly indicated in scripture. You know, it says, um, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. You know, in Deuteronomy, when it's talking about how to live. It's saying, you know, these words, which I've written, you know, meditate on them as you walk, as you lie down, as you rise up, let these words be in your mind. And so I think this idea of making prayer rhythm is so important to the fruitfulness of our lives, to our peace, to the, the experience of Shalom that we have. You know, one of the things that I do as part of my kind of daily prayer rhythm is just reading scripture and maybe copying it or thinking about it or even praying it. Like I will, you know, say, pray over my children. I bless you to walk worthy of the calling to which you're called. I bless you with the hope and the peace that passes understanding. You know, I will, I will actually incorporate scripture into my prayer. How can we you know, kind of have biblical prayers, because I think a lot of people are really concerned that if they engage, you know, more in listening prayer or something that they will not, they'll be led astray, that they'll be listening to the voice of a stranger. Yeah, and I think Darlene Dibler Rose, um, who wrote Evidence Not Seen, which I think if you are a Christian who doesn't have a really deep or profound prayer life in the sense that you're not going into praying and and feeling like God is answering back um or you are feeling a stillness or you're dealing with that fear of like I don't want to engage in things that are new agey or I don't trust my heart or my mind to know when it's God and when it's just my thoughts I would say that that book Evidence Not Seen is pretty much a must read because she was in a she was a prisoner of war in a Japanese internment camp and she did have a nonstop prayer communication with God. And a lot of what she received from him was, was verses and scriptures. And, but she, but it wasn't just a, Oh yeah, this is what the Bible says, but, but it was, she, it was the voice of God. It was, it was him constantly speaking into her heart the scriptures that she needed to hear at the moment she needed to hear them. And then later on in the book, 
she talks about how somebody asked her, like, how do you, how did you know that it was God? And she talks about having not heard her mom's voice for eight years and then being in the dock in Seattle and getting on the phone and it was like two in the morning and her mom picked up the phone and said, hello. And she said, I knew it was my mom's voice. And in the same way, I will never, I will never not recognize the voice of my mom. I know the voice of my savior and I, and I recognize it. And I think that we, we get that through some trial and error. Like maybe you're like, Oh, I feel like, you know, I feel like this is God. And then you're like, uh, you know, you have a godly counselor and then your counselor is like, no, I don't, I don't think that was God. <laughs> or, or it's like, yeah, like that, like he's quoting Psalms to you. Yes. That sounds like God. You learn by, um, engaging and being willing to sit and listen and take, take that risk because we're called, we're called to listen. I'm, it's Bible said I'm near to those who seek me. And it also says, um, that he, that he is a God who answers. Like that is part of who he is. And so we have to be willing to take that risk in our prayer life to be still and hear from him. Yeah. I love, you know, John 10 verse like four through, um, through five, it says that he puts his sheep forth and he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice and a stranger will they not follow for but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers and i think this is really important too for our children as we're as we're parenting that we incorporate scripture into our day just like it says in deuteronomy that as we rise up as we lie down that scripture is incorporated because when you know the word of god you will know the voice of god you know, I, I think that it's true. We get so afraid that we're going to hear wrong, but if we are doing our best to listen and obey God, and we know what his word says, we're not going to be led astray. Like we're not going to think that God told us to divorce our husband who's nice, but sometimes communicates poorly just because, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to hear something that is unbiblical and think it is God. If we know what the Bible says, where people get in trouble is, you know, saying something or, or thinking they heard something and not taking it to scripture and saying, does this line up with, with what God says, with what is true in scripture? And I think, you know, sometimes that does take a little bit more cultivation of time in the word to be able to pray with that kind of insight. Definitely, definitely. And I think we can't, you know, nowadays, we are so consumed by life, like we have our phones, we have this constant input of information. And so it's really hard to carve out time to listen to scripture. But I think a great place to start even is just having like, you can get the Bible on on tape or on probably even on Spotify, there's probably a fully read aloud Bible or YouTube and start having, start having just the Psalms playing in the background of your home because studies have shown that we, we start to soak in what we're hearing, even if our conscious brain isn't dealing with it. Um, and I think we, we really as Christians need to start and just, just in this process of restoration, we need to start digging back into the word and start really, really putting emphasis and value on 
memorizing scriptures and having it be sort of the most important thing in our lives because part of part of prayer and part of like you just said part of hearing part of hearing and knowing is being like when you know what God has said in the Bible then it we have a grid line for knowing his voice yeah I'm really excited because we just got the good gospel music on Spotify so the good gospel is the peaceful press life of Jesus resource it can be used as Sunday school and a lot of families are using it as a Lent study there's 26 lessons so you could read five or six lessons a week leading up to Easter and have this really rich cultivation of awareness and appreciation for the life of Jesus. But then also in the good gospel, there are some prayers and some uh, statements of faith, as well as all these beautiful Bible verses. And then on Spotify, the good gospel music, which is basically the verses sung with the beautiful voice of Camry Murr. And uh, it's just this folk song. Like it's so pleasant to listen to. We listened to it in the car on the way home yesterday. So, you know, I, I think families would really benefit from grabbing the good gospel. There's a lot of great guidance in there for prayer and for helping your children even cultivate listening prayer, cultivate just the just the awareness of God and how near he is. Because I think that's one of the things that when we're afraid to listen to God, it's almost like we're afraid to experience God. And, you know, we that experience, that awareness that God is near, that that feeling of goosebumps or comfort or love or peace or the shalom of God, that peace that he brings, that's something we should be cultivating in our homes and with our children because then they're not going to fall for a counterfeit. Like if they've experienced him being close and him being near, they're not going to look to drugs or alcohol to fulfill that need for an experience or that need for calm when they've experienced the calm and the peace that the Holy Spirit brings. So the good gospel is such a good resource. And especially with those songs now on Spotify, you can just play them over and have 26 amazing verses. But also the Benedictines read all the way through the Psalms every week. And I think there's so much in there for developing a prayer life because each Psalm is almost like a prayer. You know, I cried out to the Lord and he heard me and delivered me out of all my troubles. This poor man looked to the Lord and his face was radiant. He was not ashamed or, you know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's like every single Psalm is a prayer. You know, um, Psalm 61, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And I think not just a prayer, but a way of life, because I think, you know, there's, there's this, um, almost a, mm, I'm trying to think of the right word. There's a, there's something going on in the Christian world where you have the Christians on one side who are saying, oh, we have to be perfect or we're not really saved. We can't express any emotion because that would be sin. And then we have the Christians on the other side where it's just like, let it all go. And however you are, it's fine. And you really don't have to have any self-control and and so I feel like as Christians, the Psalms can really guide us because, you know, Psalm 61, it starts out, I, you know, I, my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. I, you know, you'll prolong my life. Hear my cry, oh God. So there's, there's an acknowledgement of desperation. There's a, a confession of the depths of struggle that he's going through. And yet at the end, so will I sing praise unto your name forever. 
I will abide with God. Oh, prepare mercy and truth. So it's like, there's an awareness, there's an acknowledgement, there's confession, but there's also at the end of a declaration that God is good and that God is trustworthy. And so they're both need to come together. I mean, yes, we need to have some willpower and be able to do the right thing, even when it's hard and put a smile on our face, even when we're sad and rejoice in the Lord always. But they're also, I think first, the first step towards that is taking time to grieve, is taking time to say, this is hard. This season in my mothering is hard. This season in my life as a woman is hard. This season in my life as a a wife is hard. Whatever it is, acknowledge, cry out to the Lord, you know, cry, write it down, do what you need to do to get those emotions out before God, and then receive his grace to overcome, receive his power to be cheerful in the face of difficulty. Definitely. I love the way that you put that. I love the power of the Psalms for initiating and guiding a prayer that does is just so powerful because it's, it's raw. And I think it, it does combine that. It combines that two sides where it's like our emotions are beautiful. They're created by God for um, glorifying him. And they're also created by God so that we can be whole because if we, if we can't acknowledge our emotions and we don't know what's going on and we just shove it all down because emotions are evil, we're, we're actually like studies show over and over again. You don't get to suppress emotions and have it go away. If you suppress it, it just resides in your body till you actually deal with it. And so the Psalms are incredible for that. And I think the other thing I wanted to bring up is that if we are like, there's that, that thing of like struggling and suffering and, and we can get really angsty in the moment. But if we are learning to cultivate prayer as an ongoing conversation with God that happens throughout the day, then we we don't always have this like giant meltdown because in the moment you're like, okay, God, like I'm like, you're able to, you're able to take it directly to him. And so something happens and before it even has time to like disrupt you or, or kind of spiral you out or whatever it is that it does in your heart and your body, when something kind of disruptive or stressful happens, you're like, Oh God, like this, this thing just happened. And, and this is what I'm feeling. And you can be doing this under your breath or in your head while you're going about the thing. And so all your kids are freaking out and, and you're late for something. And you're like, Jesus, like I, like I'm feeling this right now. Help me to stay calm. Just, you know, bring me your peace. Um, and then, and also, can you make a way for this to work? Like just, can you give me lots of green lights on the way? And, and we can start to cultivate prayer and the presence of God to the point where we don't have to go through an entire day disrupted and stressed until we have like that elusive moment of quiet and alone time because we're learning to hear his voice in the moment. And the other thing I wanted to say about prayer is that a lot of times as Christians, particularly in the West, where we have a lot of self-sufficiency, we don't have a lot of faith to see God answer prayers because we don't a lot of times need like how many of us have actually been on our knees and been like, God, I don't have money for the next meal can you show up or God, I, you know, like we're in mortal danger here and we'll only survive if you show up or there's no doctors and my son is sick and we will only survive if you show up. And we don't have that day-to-day experience, um, in the West. And so a lot of times we, we don't get to build our faith to believe that prayer is being answered. And I think one of the best things that you can do to do that as well is start asking God for, start talking to him about little things like, like I am late for this doctor's appointment. And so would you please just give me favor on the road 
um, give me green lights, like just, just show up and, and, you know, part, part the traffic as I'm, as I'm driving to this doctor's appointment and starting to ask God for those little things like God, like I, I want to be more aware of the people around me. Can you show me someone to pray for? And starting to ask for little things that build our faith that prayer is being answered and that God is moving on our behalf. Yeah, that's so good. And I think sometimes when we don't know what to pray, form prayers can be a help. You know, we will, if we're at the end of a day, if it's been a hard day and we don't all want to pray our original prayers, we will just say the Lord's Prayer. You know, the prayer of St. Patrick is one of the best spiritual warfare prayers I've ever seen. You know, he he doesn't just say Christ before me, Christ beneath me. He's also talking about uh, protection from witches and dragons and um, the witchcraft and burning and drownings. It's a, a crazy intense prayer when you read that whole the whole text of St. Patrick's prayer, uh, John Aldridge has some, has some really good form prayers for just maybe taking your thoughts captive and in mothering by the book. I also include some of the prayers that we've learned over the years for just a, a confession and repentance, because sometimes when things are going a little crazier, we're extra afraid or we're extra stressed. We need that help of somebody else just guiding us through, you know, I, I confess that I'm feeling stressed. I, I believe that the truth is that God is with me and he is working all things together for my good and for his glory. And so sometimes having those form prayers or scripture prayers can be such a big help as we're trying to take our thoughts captive and create a more peaceful home so that we can stay connected with our families instead of being reactive. Absolutely. That's quite beautiful. 